0: Hey everyone, Will Salmon here along with Antonio Morales and this is all about that egg where it's April and that means we talk about college football recruiting because why not? And it's especially true, (laughs) mind you, when one of the schools we cover has the number one recruiting class currently in the country. Exactly. Ole Miss uh, Once the
1: once the civilization's come down, man, they're they're back. They're they just, back near the top. They just you know, needed that cloud. They, they just needed kind that kind cloud to go away. <laughs> now, now, they're back to, you know, near the top of the national recruiting rankings. Uh, they, they got a, a, they got they had several commit commits over the weekend. Right now, they're they're t- they're, they're at fifteen. Um, Ashanti. Um, I think C. Strunk's his name from Louisville. Uh, he was the latest to commit. Outside all, that matters, all that matters is uh, that they you got...
0: pronounce Louisville correctly. That's what matters. I <laughs> uh, can't get that wrong.
1: Um, there's so many weird pronunciations in Mississippi that, uh, that it's hard to tell sometimes. But uh, that one's a no-brainer. And then Grant Tisdale, that right quarterback, uh, he committed over the weekend. DeJuan Black committed over the weekend.
0: Who didn't commit to Ole Miss yet? That's so. a, that's what we really should write down: <laughs> is who has not yet committed to the Rebels.
1: They have 15 commitments, which is I'm pretty sure, it was it's it's leading the country because they were leading yeah, the country when like, they had 14. I don't think any school any school picked up four or five commitments in the past couple of days. Um, so, I mean, the main thing is it's April, but I mean. It's better than being number two. Um, being, being it's number better than being what, number thirty-five, which is uh, what they
0: finished with at the, at the <laughs> moment. At the moment, exactly. I think your guy Jacob Peeler um, may have to adopt the mantra of "Who's next?" Allah and Bill Goldberg. Um, <laughs> boy, but now, Bill Goldberg. Thirty-fifth, um, thirtieth, twenty-five, somewhere like that is probably where they're at, where they're going to end up, though, because it is April. Maybe that's too low of me. Maybe they finish him what the top twenty-five. <laughs> yeah,
1: some of these guys, their ratings might go up. Man, I was just reading Bud Elliott at ESPN. Mm-hmm. He said maybe some, maybe somewhere around like
0: okay, I can buy that.
1: Um, which is which is where like because he compared it to UCLA's class from a couple of years ago or recently, where they mm-hmm. signed like twenty-eight guys, and said Ole Miss might do the same. Um, but the reason he said he, – he said Ole Miss might have the potential to finish higher just because the state of Mississippi is so talented this year. And if they get a couple of those kids and some of these guys who are three stars right now and haven't been like fully evaluated yet, if their rankings rise, then that might give them a shot. Well, to everybody's going to
0: gonna end tonight. up with, with, with about the same number. They're going to sign 25 kids. I mean they're not going <laughs> to you know, go over that really. So <laughs> it is what it is. I mean like they have more they have more commits than anybody else in the country. Therefore, with um, the rankings and the ratings are the way they are and they are that way because they are – the point of them is to be right and to, off, and to offer a clear picture when it's all said and done, not right now. And so things can get a little bit funky – as, there, as what's happening here with Ole Miss, because their average kid, according to 247, is about an 87 rating, um, which, in other yeah. words, that means he's a three-star. And, you know, uh, a, a basic three-star at that. We're not talking about, you know, one of those guys who are on the cusp of being a four-star. They acquired a bunch of three-stars, and the two, their two top players mm-hmm. are Dewan Black and Jerrion Ely two top commits, I guess I should say. And Ely is a draft risk for the MLB anyway. And so mm-hmm. when you really start to dig deep into the class, it's like, okay, well, they got a bunch of guys. And some of them are going to be good, and some of them <laughs> are not going to play much. And that's just the way recruiting is for um, for a lot of schools, obviously. Not everybody can accumulate four and five stars like the elites of the SEC. Um, And and Ole Miss is certainly not doing that right now. But I will say this, though, is that people look at this currently and they're like, oh, wow, Ole Miss is number one. And that may or may not shape people's opinions. And I think that's kind of the whole – what you kind of hope for if you're Ole Miss is that this at least creates some sort of good vibes surrounding surrounding a program that still can use some.
1: Exactly. And and like we always say, we, it seems like we're talking about recruiting mm-hmm. so far out. So much is going de- to depend on what happens in the fall with these teams and what Matt Luke, what kind of progress he shows in his second year as a coach and what kind of season almost puts together um, just wins and losses-wise if they look promising and Matt Luke progresses in his second year. And he can offer early playing time to mm-hmm. some of these kids in Mississippi. Um then the incentive to join this class will be greater, obviously. Um, but, you know, if they go five and seven or four and eight or something, then, you know, who's right. going to want to join that class? Um, so there's still, there's still plenty of time. Let me, ask you,
0: let me ask you a good question. I this. think it's a good question. Maybe it's, maybe it's a terrible question. <laughs> so Ole Miss's class is ranked number one right now, and Mississippi State is ranked, what, fifteen? Number fifteen in the country. Which mm-hmm. one would you rather have right now? Knowing that Ely will probably be a draft risk anyway, and he's your best player committed. While well, him and Duane Black, who I've heard may be um, an eligibility risk, may not be. We'll see.
1: Yeah, and when you w- once you factor those into account, I think isn't that the weird? States. Um <laughs> I mean that's why you have to take these recruiting because, rankings with the grain of salt right now because you don't know what this because they don't have, know because the
0: Bulldogs happen. have Charles Moore and Charles and, and I'd rather have Charles <laughs> Moore than than the other two kids just because of what surrounds <laughs> the other two kids at the moment
1: Charles Moore is coming off a torn
0: hey a torn up knee right that's why all these kids are committed i guess right <laughs> I mean yeah. <laughs> yeah like technically speaking i probably want to I probably would want one of the other teams' classes. <laughs> but that wasn't the question. The question was, do you want Mississippi State or Ole Miss? I don't know. I mean, I like I like a couple of kids that Ole Miss has. I like the quarterback they picked up from um, Texas. I think he's pretty good. Yeah, I think he's really good. Um, the kid from Meridian is not bad, pretty good. I mean, he's, what, 6'5"? Pretty pretty good weight on him at defensive mm-hmm. end. Uh, Jamon Gordon... Uh, the kids from Tupelo, Jordan Jen- Jenigan, they have some potential um, at wide receiver. Who's the other kid from Tupelo? They had another kid, right? Yeah.
1: Standifer?
0: Yeah, Safety? Uh, yeah, Standifer. Yeah. Standifer. Yeah, and then on the flip side of that, Mississippi State only has six commits, uh, one being Torbord, though, a wide receiver out of Louisiana, a four-star kid. I just feel like they – like. If I had to pick one right now, i go with Mississippi State just because they have a QB. Well, they have a QB. They have a, uh, one of the better wide receivers in Louisiana, and they have Charles Moore. And Moore d- is not going to the MLB draft. I know that much. <laughs> and <laughs> I haven't heard anything about him being an eligibility concern. So.
1: And their, their, average yeah, yeah. their average is higher. Their average is like mean,
0: 88. And that's, yeah. that's actually nearing what a four-star is according to 247. So,
1: and there's there's obviously the potential for Mystery State to have a much better season than. And also than like, Ole Miss. and also you have six
0: commits, season. and what that means is that you have room for for nineteen more, as opposed to right now mm-hmm. Ole Miss only has room for about twelve more. Yeah, ten more maybe. So, but anyway, long, none of this really matters because it's all going to change in a, in a few weeks. I mean, take Dewan Black exactly. for instance. A kid who committed to Mississippi State, and all of a sudden that list looked really good. And then he decommits, and now he's with the Rebels. And so, I mean, yeah. put he on the, sure some did. Of the top, and rightfully so. He's great. I remember, I remember um, when I was doing high schools at the Clarion Ledger. That kid made the All-State team for me that year. Uh, he, he was tremendous. He's a tremendous high school player. I mean, he could do a lot on the field really, really um, gifted beyond his years. I mean, because he he's been making plays since he was like a freshman, sophomore, and I guess what? He's finally a senior, I guess. <laughs> that's thats what we're getting at here in 2019, <laughs> yeah. how time flies. But, yeah, um, he's been around the block. He, people know who he is. And I'm curious to see where—where where, where is he supposed to play at the next level since we're kind of talking about this just to kind of wrap it up. Do, do you know for Ole Miss? Like I where think, do they see him?
1: I think – no, not yet. I was reading earlier. Safety, right? People were yeah. saying safety, but but if he gains weight, he could easily like move to linebacker. He's 6'4". so you figure the frame's there. Um, so you put on weight, um, and play linebacker. Yeah, I gained some weight
0: level. in Columbus. Let me tell um, you, when I was covering some women's hoops last week, <laughs> I gained some weight, and then I get then I come back to Starkville. Haven't lost the weight yet. I will though. Mark my words, and um. All of a sudden, like it's news every single day here. I mean, things are things are happening at a rapid pace for for April. Which I yeah. guess when you kind of like think about it, though, there is a lot of like newsy things that do, that does happen around this time of year.
1: Yeah, you have every weather every member of the Weatherspoon family. Declaring it's really every member of the
0: Mississippi State basketball have, team. Just saying, you know what? Maybe I'm good enough. I'm just going. I'm gonna, I'm going to throw my hat in there and see what happens. And why not? Why not do that? You have
1: uh, woman woman's basketball wrapped up. We had an 11 inning baseball game the other day, and you you still have I spring do. football. I'm done with spring football, but
0: you. how spring you still football have spring. Uh, end up with the Rebels? What'd you take away? Are they going to uh, challenge for the SEC uh, West Crown? Can they challenge? I guess not, right?
1: <laughs> Technically, they can't. Um, it was a pretty nondescript spring at all miss just because there's so many players that were out, they were missing their starting tight end. Um, they were missing two starting offensive linemen. They were missing two two key contributors on the on the defensive line. Their defensive backs were in and out with injuries and stuff. So there's a lot of there's just a lot of younger players in there. So you see a lot of mistakes and that's kind of what they expected, just because it's younger players and these are the growing pains. Um, so it's hard to get a read on what kind of team they really are. The linebackers were healthy, um, which may be good or bad for Ole Miss considering how they played this spring. That's a group that obviously needs to get better. Josh Clark. Um, he kind of stepped up throughout the spring. He's, he entered the spring as a second team linebacker. He finished it with the first
0: team. Made a move.
1: Um, he really, and you could, yeah, he made a move and, uh, they always talk about his football yeah, IQ. He's a smart kid. Wesley McGriff and and those guys um he can run, he can hit. Um so they just kind of want him to kind of get to, get, get his awareness up and that comes with experience. Um so there's that um Ryder Anderson who, who you are a fan I, of. Ryder
0: Anderson is uh, Is he the best player on the defense? <laughs> is he is he there yet no, because he's no, going but to be- he's, uh,
1: <laughs> he was the most. He was the, uh, the most improved defensive me. player. in the spring. Um, So Ryder Anderson, you know, he, he was a, he's another guy that emerged over the spring. So where is Josh he? Clark. Is he on the first team? Um, yeah, yeah. I, um, one of one of the uh, one of the first teams de- defensive ends was out. Ryder Anderson stepped in, and it's going to be hard for that guy, for Kadir Shepard. It's going to be a challenge for him to kind of get that back because Ryder played really well um, throughout the spring, and obviously it was beneficial for him to get those reps to the first team. But it was kind of it was kind of like that at Ole Miss, you know, this spring where it was just a bunch of young guys getting reps. Ben Brown got a lot of reps on the offensive line. The coaching staff's really high on him. They're really high on Ryder Anderson. Cool to see
0: Josh Clark take a spot on the linebacker depth chart because that's what they kinda of mm-hmm. sold him on in recruiting is that you'd be able to do that and it, it it always just like makes me a little bit happy when things actually what's told in the recruiting process actually comes to fruition <laughs> for some people. Uh because that's not always the case, of course, as we know. So that's that's cool to see that he has mm-hmm. done what they said he was in position to do, and that's take a spot right away. So good for good good well, and I mean it's yeah, exactly. it's only April but Good for him so far. I mean, it is what it is. Spring football, <laughs> yeah. for Mississippi State. I mean, it's it's only about two weeks in or so. I mean, they they, they started on March March twentieth, so I guess it's creeping up on what three weeks now. Yeah, three weeks. but uh, they just got their first scrimmage done. Teton Thompson basically threw every single pass that you could think of. Um, without Nick Fitzgerald uh, able to to make those throws, I think he was like 15 for 30 or 15 for 28. Keaton Thompson, which a lot of passes for, and he was playing with the first and the second team. Yeah, yeah. So there's that. He looked okay. Looked okay. Um, Stephen Goodry was not there, which is alarming. If you're Mississippi State, you kind of want that guy to be around the team since he's on the team and he's on the roster. Um, you kind of want him to show up to things. So I'm not so sure like what the reasoning <laughs> is. I've heard that it had something to do with tutoring or off the field issues, combination of the both. He's supposed to be at practice this week, so for Mississippi State's case, Kate, uh, hopefully he is there. He's a huge part of what they're trying to do. That said, they have a lot of weapons at wide receiver. I don't, you know, they have a lot of returning guys, which doesn't always mean that that's good if they didn't really produce. But they're healthier now though with Keith Mixon. Um, also out, and Goodry not there, and Malik Keith still not enrolled. He you know, he's a wasn't an early enrollee, so you have these guys who were playing last year um, able to just try to make a move and impress a new group of coaches that may see them a little bit differently with how they're able to be used. Uh, maybe stretch them out a little bit more and have a little bit more confidence in them. So, yeah, a lot of, a lot of football going on. Brandon Bryant's no longer on the team. Did you were you surprised to see that that guy was like going to be big time at one point? He he's, by all accounts. I mean, he has the the body, he has the physique, he has the tools, he has all the things you want when you look at somebody in a football player. But you also, when you're in college, you actually have to make the grades and do just clean up what you got to do. I mean, it's part part of the deal. I, I was
1: surprised to see that. I wasn't surprised surprised to see that because I, w- I was here in 2015 when he was a redshirt freshman. I, c- I covered the Belk Bowl with with our good friend Mike Bonner um, that year, and Brandon Bryant made this like one handed interception in that game. I was like, oh, this, this kid's pretty good. Um, and he was he was starting at, at safety on on a borderline top twenty five team, and he looked really promising. Then he obviously struggled the next year. It seemed like he did decent last year. Um, Then all of a sudden you see him transfer right before his senior year. Um, And he's already registered, right?
0: Yes. Uh, I'm not sure what the play will be for him. He may have to go to like an NAIA school and just try his luck there because I'm telling you, he was not able to play for a reason. And that reason was academic issues for spring football. So connect the dots, those who are listening, and make your judgment from that on what's going on with him, but
1: it kind of sounds like uh friend Brown from a couple years ago, mm. uh, the receiver when that happened. And, and Brandon
0: Brown's like you said, a tremendously gifted athlete and it will hurt Mississippi state in terms of depth, but he was probably number three on their list of safeties anyway, behind Mark McLaurin and Jonathan Abram, who both really shined last year. And at nickel, they have Brian Cole, who is going to be my pick for breakout defensive player of the year. You heard that here first in <laughs> uh, not even mid-April. Brian Cole. Um, mark, mark that down. Brought to you by, mind you, the guy who said that Montez Sweat would lead Mississippi State in, in sacks. I'm sure you remember that. So,
1: What happened to all those Dukeo kids from last yeah. year? Like Chauncey Yeah, he's around. He, like, they he's redshirted like-
0: last year. Brian Cole's one of them. And... Yeah, they all, I mean, I want to say, what, four or five of them redshirted. Those two, Landrews, the two offensive linemen, Champion and Phillips, they all redshirted. And so they're all now at least second team players, if not starters. And you combine that with the seniors now, Sweat and Abram, two guys in their second year with Mississippi State after being Juco additions in that same class. You got the makings of a pretty good team, which everybody, everybody who's listening to this knows already. So, yeah, I mean, well, I'm interested to see, of course, how the how the spring ends up. Who else makes a move? But there's still some time left. I mean, spring game for the Bulldogs isn't until another couple of Saturdays. They got one more scrimmage this upcoming Saturday, and then the spring game. It's in June, <laughs> right? Might as well do. Might as well be with the with the pace that we <laughs> that we've started this year, but. um Going back to basketball for a second, just because it's on my mind with the the idea of transferring with uh, Brandon Bryant, who for him, by the way, the correct term is, I guess, moving on because he has to find the school first to actually transfer. Um, Mm -hmm. But guys who definitely will be transferring, Savion Stapleton and Eli Wright from the basketball team and moves that I don't want to say that they were surprises at all. But I didn't necessarily expect those two guys uh, to leave. Mississippi Mississippi State was definitely due for some attrition because they were basically going to be one over. And with Mm -hmm. three signees, a fourth probably on the way with uh, the Juco Center that they added as a commit, he'll probably sign sometime this this month when the next um, availability for signing for basketball starts. So they were a one over anyway, but I didn't I didn't really expect Stapleton to leave just because he would he's he's going to be a, he's a grad transfer right now. So he has that one year left of eligibility and I just didn't see him going to a third school. The idea though, of course, is that these guys want playing time and they were not probably going to yeah. get as much as they want. Well, I know they weren't gonna get as much as they wanted. That's for sure on this roster. They didn't get as much as they wanted with the past roster from this year's team. And if you're going to add in a bunch of guys, Reggie Perry for one, five-star power forward, Robert Woodard and uh, DJ Stewart, two four-star wings, uh, it just wasn't going to happen. So a lot of people are misinterpreting that, I think, as it's sort of like doom and gloom for Mississippi State because they had two kids transfer and guys are declaring for the draft. I'm going to bet a significant amount of money to you that those three guys come back to Mississippi State <laughs> and that this team makes the NCAA tournament um, despite these transfers. <laughs> you know, I think I think they're going to be okay. I think they're going to be okay. Yeah. And that's no offense to those two players at all. Those two guys, um, really good players, really talented. But it just speaks to the level of depth that the Bulldogs have at the moment heading into this season, upcoming season.
1: Yeah, I think I'm surprised there hasn't been really much attrition at Ole Miss. Just considering it's a new staff, Will there it's be a new though? coach,
0: and how soon.
1: We'll see. It. There's plenty of months left. This, for this is the time stuff of year happens, though.
0: April and um, a couple more weeks of it.
1: Yeah, so I know they're going through workouts right now, but nobody's made any moves yet. The only thing that's really happened is Terrence Davis testing the draft waters, like the Leatherstone brothers, you know, without an agent.
0: That's Um, the key.
1: So that, (laughs) exactly. I I think, I think every story that is written about the underclassmen doing this is saying testing the waters because there's no like real, there's no real like other term to describe it.
0: I mean, they're, they are, (laughs) they're declaring that they're going to, I mean, they, basically it for the draft, but they could pull out. So yeah, it's basically just let me get a free evaluation from, from the pros and let me see what I can work on. That's really what it is. And let me yeah, see exactly. how I can be a better player. And there's that's nothing smart. wrong with it because there's, in my opinion, no downside to it. So why not do it?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah, especially, I mean, that's all especially mes- if your is really... program is even on board with it, which all the programs should be because it's what's best for the player. Mm-hmm. And clearly, if you're reading those statements on Twitter from the Mississippi State players, I'm also willing to bet that the program helped create those messages with the way that they were worded. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to say that Quindary Weatherspoon, Nick Weatherspoon, and Lamar Peters are not wordsmiths. They may, they very well may be. But <laughs> you can just tell when something is worded in, in certain ways. I don't know. I just got the impression that... It was a, a more of a team sort of effort there uh, where they they had some yeah. help with formulating these decisions and relaying them to the public, which is cool, which is good for them. Yeah, for sure. Um, I
1: think Terrence Davis just went straight to ESPN. <laughs> Did <you> really? <laughs> um, and no he really? No shame in that either. Yeah, yeah, for when he
0: announced it. Also, yeah, he yeah. didn't have a coach at the time, um, didn't he? Or, or was that after Kermit
1: Davis? Uh, he had, I think uh, Kermit got hired like uh, – he got hired like – Before? He had, uh, officially introduced okay. a couple of years. Well, days I mean, before.
0: still, you don't really know that guy, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, Ole Miss is still on the hunt for a third assistant coach um, to kind of fill out its staff. Um, so that timeline might be seven to ten mm-hmm. days from what I've heard. Um, so uh, that's all that's going on fun. with Ole Miss basketball, Ole Miss baseball. Uh, Ole Miss baseball is
0: obviously I
1: number I just watched in the country. innings
0: of that. I think, I, I think I've seen enough of uh, baseball, college baseball. <laughs> that was your first baseball uh, game in a yeah, couple of weeks. you know. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was. But it was fun. I mean, for 11 innings of five hours, it was fun.
1: What was your impression of the Bulls Um I don't uh,
0: I don't really want to say just because like I don't really have one that makes any sense. I mean, I saw them probably on their worst day possible where their uh, you know flame throwing relief pitcher didn't I guess have his best stuff and also just made a bad error on that play and that cost them the, the oh, yeah, the, yeah the, on the. the bunt. So yeah, and I think they have a really good team. I mean, I was just looking at their stats when they were, you know on the lineup card because I don't follow Ole Miss baseball like that, so I don't really know a whole lot other than Thomas Dillard, a guy who I follow. And, I mean, (laughs) like up and down the order, they have guys who can hit, and they have three starting pitchers, and their bullpen is pretty solid, if I'm not mistaken. So they're a good team. They are a top-ten team in the country, probably a top-five team in the country. I think they finished, what, fifth um, after that series? Moved to fifth? Yeah. I mean, they'll be all right. They'll be okay. Yeah. And and for Mississippi State, it was – uh, a feel-good day in a season that hasn't had too many of those. And so that was good for them. So I think I think it will work out for Ole Miss. I think it will be fine for them. Uh, but it was definitely the Bulldogs' day or in their Bulldogs' weekend against Ole Miss. What else is new lately mm-hmm. um, in that series? And J- with Jake Maycomb on the roster, <laughs> that guy continues to rake against the Rebels. Um, yeah, exactly. They go to Mississippi State goes to Auburn and goes against a Tigers team that has really underwhelmed also, and it hasn't been too good. So maybe they can take another series. Who knows? And then all of a sudden, you know, things are a little bit more interesting than they were two weeks ago at least. And who does uh, Ole Miss have now? And kind of previewing it, the It just ahead. gets
1: tougher for Ole Miss because they face Southern Miss Ooh. in Pearl on Tuesday, Southern Miss number 15, yeah, number 15 in the country. And then, and then they have Vanderbilt in Nashville for tough. three games. Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's number 16 in the country, so it's a tough week for Ole Miss. That's what Mike Bianco was saying because the, there's the two mm-hmm. games in Pearl, one against Southern Miss, one against State. That made yeah, the midweeks not, harder They did not need to April. lose two out
0: of three in Starkville.
1: Yeah. Um, so this is kind of the first. That was the first series they've lost all year, and then they have these tough four games coming up, so we'll see how they respond. This is kind of the first adversity They've really faced all season. Um, it's been a season where they've done a good job of avoiding losing skids. Um, so we'll see how they
0: respond. What else you got going on this week? You're gonna rewatch Paterno.
1: <laughs> I just finished watching. How Paterno. good was that? I, uh, thought, I
0: thought that was. I, mean, no, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it really wasn't that good. It just what it did though was it, it did a really good job of being very captivating throughout. I thought.
1: I thought it was going to be terrible. So your expectations so, were low. Yeah,
0: my expectations were low. Audrey the Giant, obviously. Big this week, week for HBO. Um, but I thought the, mm-hmm. I thought the Paterno uh, exactly. movie was pretty solid, though. Maybe I'm overselling it to people, but I mm-hmm. thought it was good. I mean, like, it kept, it kept my attention for two okay. hours.
1: Exactly. No, it, it did for mine, too. I haven't it really
0: did. had time to reflect on it, so maybe I shouldn't have brought it up. But to kind of give a good... Recommendation, but
1: yeah, you went for you went from you went from from Paterno to WrestleMania the next nah, day. I,
0: that one I had that eleven inning baseball game in between. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly, That's right. Give us That's a right. We'll,
0: we'll end it right there though, because if we continue to add to the thoughts, we're gonna get a little bit further down a rabbit hole that we probably don't want to get into. So we'll end it right there for now. He's Antonio Morales. I'm Will Salmon, and we thank you for for listening to all about that egg. Where you can find our podcast on Clarion Ledger, clarionledger.com, wherever you get really your podcast, whether that be SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever else. Uh, please subscribe, follow, share with your friends. And again, thank you guys for listening.